0: At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Amen. Glory to God. So we have our last message to this series, The Chosen One. And uh, last Sunday during, during worship, as I was there, um, <laughs> I started thinking about this. Hallmark movie from the '90s that our family watched for years and years and years, and uh, it was from from the '90s, and, and the 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 title was uh, "A Season for Miracles" is the title of the Hallmark movie. If you haven't ever watched it, be be good. to, I'm sure you can download it on from Amazon or one of those one of those. Uh, sites, whatever they call them. <laughs> and, uh, but I was in worship. I, don't know why I started thinking about that movie during worship. And the Lord said, no, no, I'm reminding you that this is a season for miracles. Yeah. And he reminded me, and what I'm going to share with you today he reminded me that in Jesus' day when He was born and everything that happened in the nine months or so leading up to His birth was a season of miracles. It was a season of the miraculous. And what I've what I've done in, in this series, as I told you, I've never preached this before. What I've preached these last three, this will be the fourth message, is that God wanted us to be able to take everything He did to get us to this place and realize everything He did was for us. And so he wants to see, He wants you to see what He's done for you, through these messages that I've ministered in the one today. He wants you to see what He's done for you. We read uh, a couple of different times. We read out out of Ephesians 1 that He chose you. The chosen one chose you. God the Father so loved us that He gave the best of heaven. God the Father so loved us that He gave the best that heaven had that we'd be set free. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And, and so, if He chose you in spite of you, then you have so much to be thankful for, so much to be grateful for. Amen? And so, today, I want to finish this series and look at the supernatural, how that it, the supernatural overcame the natural. What seemed impossible became possible because of the supernatural. When God's super gets on the natural and it becomes supernatural, things happen that in the natural, they shouldn't happen. And we've read story after story after story after story in the last four weeks of things that happened in the natural that shouldn't happen and they wouldn't have happened without the supernatural. And the season that God wants you to live in now and He wants you to live in that season perpetually, continuously. is a season of the supernatural. Understanding what God has for you. Can you say amen to that? So, I want to read today out of Isaiah 9 and verse 6. And just reminding you of this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name. His name is wonderful, his name is Counselor, his name is Mighty God, his name is Everlasting Father, his name is Prince of Peace, and on and on and on. There's many more names that define our Savior Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Many, many, many more names. But I want to remind you in these messages and the one that I'm ministering today, I want to remind you about how far that God went to redeem you, to to liberate you, to fulfill every promise from his word, how far he went. Like his focus, he could never get in the last 6,000 plus years, he's never been able to get his focus off of making sure, watching over his word daily to see that his word and his promises are performed. That's how much God loves you. And that's how we have to see that in our own lives, how much God loves us. How we've been liberated and how we've been made free today. Amen? In Matthew 1-1, and we've read this, and I just want to remind you of of, uh, just a a couple, about three of the different stories that we've talked about up to this point. But Matthew 1-1 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham, and we talked about David, and we talked about Abraham, and we talked about this lineage that that in Matthew, when you read the lineage um, from the beginning until Joseph, the lineage was not to Mary, but to Joseph in Matthew 1.1, and through David, and through Abraham, and through a lot of other shady characters did Jesus come about, and came all the way down to faithful Joseph. And one of the things that you see when you look at all the different people, all the people that had, you know, lives that would be questionable today, people would say, well, you know, uh, a harlot couldn't be somebody that would be in the line of Jesus, but she was, right? Um, A murderer couldn't have been in the line of Jesus, but he was. A number of them. Right? A this and a that and a whatever. The, 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 the line should have been, the lineage here should have been of priestly descent. And, uh, and uh, this was a descent of some, you know, some unusual characters that brought us to this place. And I don't know about you, that's a good thing because I don't know, I've been a character too, right? <clears throat> and, and there's a few characters in this house today. Can you say amen? good thing that the lineage wouldn't stop because there were some people with some, you know, questionable actions in life. Like, you know, murdering a guy, stealing his wife, uh, and then having a baby, and the baby dying, and then another baby being born, and that baby is recognized in Scripture as the greatest person, had the most wisdom of anybody that's ever lived or ever will live. Wow. Wow how could that be? I ought to get rid of that guy because of where he came from because of what David did. But the key to it is David repented. And David had faith to live a right life after repentance. So today through Jesus Christ, who is the son of David, see, when we repent for something, we can be empowered to not only not just have an attitude that we're sorry for what we did, but to turn from what we've done. We can be empowered because of the lineage from David to Jesus through Joseph. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> we can just see in that lineage, as I'm saying again, they were, they were, there was a, a lineage of despised people, of unholy people, and we saw that that whole process took many many years listen to me I don't care what promise God has made to you in life and it seems like it's not happening or it's not going to come to pass it'll come to pass if you just stay with it if you stay with it and stay with his word and you continue to develop faith in God it'll come to pass you say well yeah but it's taken all these years Well, it didn't take 4,000 years like it did in this story huh? didn't take 2,000 years like it did in another story as you go through and you read all these different stories, there was a timeline from then on until Jesus came. But all of these stories that we've read in the last three weeks, all are pieces that, that are a part of the puzzle that says that what God did, He did, and the depths He went to, He went to because of His love for us. Can you say amen to that? In Psalm 89, in verse 3 and 4, it says, I have made a covenant with my chosen, I have sworn to my servant David your seed I will establish forever and build up your throne to all generations. So to this generation. And the word selah means to take that, think about it, meditate on it, and realize how true that statement is. Through David, to Jesus, to me, to you, all generations are we blessed. Through David, Jesus being the son of David, the son of Abraham, and because of the faith of these men and all the people through that lineage that had great faith that rose up, the lineage continued. So it came to Jesus, and now He's delivered us. Can you say amen? So what I want to look at Today is I want to read to you the story. Of I want to read to you the story because um, this story reveals the difference in a faith choice and a fear choice, and it's the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, who birthed Elizabeth, who birthed John the Baptist and Mary and Joseph, who birthed our Savior, the head of the church, Jesus Christ. And there's something in this story that I believe is supernatural to bringing to a conclusion all of the stories that led to this story. All the stories that we read, and there's many more that we didn't read in the last three weeks, all of those stories led to this story. And this story culminates with, with, with a picture for you and I of how it is to live in the things of God every day of our life no matter what we face. If this life was easy he would have told us it would have been easy. But Jesus made many, many statements in scriptures. One of them was, if you love my word you will be persecuted. If you love me, You will be persecuted. Things will come against you for the sake of the word. But Paul said, the Apostle Paul's statement was, many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God will deliver from all of them. Why? Because of what he did. The price that was paid, the depth that God went to to liberate our lives so that every time something comes against us in life, there's an answer for us. Every single time. He's never let anything out. And I feel like that many of us, you'll see the response of Zacharias in this story. Many of us, no, all of us have made responses like Zacharias. But what God wants us to get to is a place where we respond like Mary. There's a response from one man and a response from one woman that we see in this story right here that led to your and my liberation and deliverance and restoration in life. And everybody has a Zacharias response at times, but we don't have to stay that way. God wants us to become people like Mary that respond the way that she did, and that's what I want to look at and talk about for a few minutes. So Luke chapter 1 and we're going to start with verse 5. Luke 1 and starting with verse 5. During the reign of King Herod, the great of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah who served in the temple as part of the priestly order of Abijah. Um, And and I'm reading this in the Passion translation, so if you're trying to follow in another translation, you don't have a Bible app or or have that translation, just kind of follow along because we got it on the screen. Um his wife, Elizabeth, was also from a family of priests and was, a, a, was a, a descendant of Aaron from the priestly order. They were both righteous before God, living uh, virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord blamelessly. But they were childless, since Elizabeth was barren, and now they both were quite old. Everybody say, quite old, okay? <clears throat> One day, Zachariah's priestly order was, in, was on, on duty, and he, and he was serving as priest. He was chosen by the casting of lots according to the custom of the priesthood. So the honor fell upon Zachariah to enter the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. Large crowd of worshipers had gathered to pray outside the temple at the hour when incense was being offered. All at once an angel of the Lord. all at once, all at once, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. All at once, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Zachariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear. He was startled and overwhelmed with fear. You think you would be? Probably, right? So, no no. no. Uh, situation here that would be uncommon to man. Um, So, he was startled, but the angel reassured him saying, don't be afraid, Zechariah, God is showing grace to you. Now, I want you to think about this. So, to this point, from the day that Adam and Eve gave up the ghost, gave up the, the spirit of God within... The Spirit of God had not been inside of mankind and still not to this point, okay? So, Zachariah of the priestly order and knowing, you know, he's a church man, uh, knowing church history, knowing history of all of his ancestors and everything else, he knows all the stories about angels because angels were a big part of explanation to the people. There are a lot of demonstrations of angels manifesting throughout the years. So here's Zechariah, a priest, knowing that angels are real, okay? So if I'm if I'm standing right here and all of a sudden an angel appears right here, um, do you think you could tell the difference in an angel and uh, Brian Brzezinski down here? I mean, Brian's a big guy, but this guy's probably taller than the than the curtains right there. He's probably his head's probably above that, probably from the stories that I've heard. I've never seen an angel, but that's what I've heard. He'd probably be that right. Right now, there's angels everywhere around us. There's, they're they're all over, right? They're, they're they're in this room right now. You have an angel at least that follows you wherever you go. The Bible says so. Okay, so you're in you're in there and all of a sudden you got this thing right now do you think that the angel that appeared to him and we know that it was Gabriel do you think he had horns on his head i mean should he be afraid of that thing yeah you're going to be startled right but they kn- they knew about angels they believed in angels i mean they they really believed in angels and here's this angel and now Angels are messengers from God to deliver what needs to be delivered. They work on our behalf. And here's the angel coming to Zechariah, realizing, okay, he's been startled, like fear's trying to grip him, and he's just coming to to comfort him, all right? He said, don't be afraid, Zechariah, God is showing grace to you, for I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Did it say he was somewhat old? Quite old, right? He was quite old, and yet he was still praying. Do you think he was praying in his 20s with expectation? How about his 30s and 40s? I mean, probably he's in his 80s right now, I would say, somewhere, maybe, okay? Uh, As far as I know, even in the Guinness Book of World Records, nobody at 80 years old has had a child, I don't think. Last time I saw it, it was like somebody had a child at 78. So he's in his 80s, not going to happen, right? And uh, so uh, leading up to, through his 50s and 60s, and he's praying or whatever, Maybe his prayer for a child by now is like, it's repetitious. Oh, God, I'm so tired. I'm not having a child. Please, if there's any way, if you could just do this for me. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh God. Okay, now, you know, I mean, it's like, it ain't going to happen, but he's still going through the motions, so he's still praying. And, 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 it, and he, ha- it ha- he had to be because the angel said he was. Did it not say that? Okay? He said, Your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you're to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him. I'm just asking you, I'm just asking you, do you think by now, if you're standing there and an angel had startled you and whatever, and he's telling you these things, do you think that you, I'm just asking, I'm not saying, you, you, you're going to say you would, I believe by now I'm believing. I'm believing by now I'm believing. Based on what I know right now, and I believe in angels, and I believe they work for us, I believe if I was in that situation, He's starting to tell me, man, you're going to be full of joy. It's going to be a glorious time. Ooh, glory. Come on. Angel manifesting right? He will bear you a son. You're to name him John. His birth will bring much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him, and he will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. Oh, my gosh. He will drink no wine or strong drink, but he will be filled with the Holy Ghost even while he's still in his mother's womb, and he will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner, Kind of like he's redeeming the times, huh? He's one that's going to, to redeem the times. Glory to God. A forerunner with the same power and the anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will, be, he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing, Zechariah asked the angel, "You really expect me to believe this? I'm telling you that most of us, in one way or another, have had situations. Not I'm not talking about angels appearing." But having the opportunity to believe what God has promised and not. Zechariah wasn't even having to listen to the spirit of God inside of him. Hmm? There's a 19-foot angel that's probably lit up with glory and shining and all kinds of because you know the Bible describes what angels look like. They're, they're massive beings and they're right here, right now. You expect me to believe that? I'm an old man. And my wife is an old woman. She's never had a child. I mean, I can kind of hear the angel. What the heck have you been praying for then? Huh? Can't you just hear the angel say, what, what are you, what are you, 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 every day you're whining and crying and laying on the floor and, oh, God, oh, there's such a, such a mark against us. My wife has never had a child. <laughs> I'm an old man. She's an old woman. We got no children. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? You know what you don't see here in this line? You don't see faith. Hmm? This is Mary's line. This isn't the line of Joseph. This is Mary's descendants. And in this situation right here, there's no faith. You saw huge mistakes in David's life, but he repented and walked in faith. You saw huge mistakes in Abraham's life. He repented and did what God said, right? He believed. After 25 years of making mistakes, trying to help God out, help him get this situation to happen and all this stuff to be turned around, then he backed off and he finally believed that what God had said, he was able to perform it. Talking about Abraham. And at 100 years old and a 90-year-old wife, it wasn't a Mary thing where the Holy Spirit came upon Sarai. It was a man and a woman getting together, and the seed of that man impregnated a 90-year-old woman. What seemed impossible is possible with God. In the day in which this was happening that I'm reading this story, it was a season for miracles. It was a season of miracles manifesting, of the miraculous supernatural manifesting in the earth to liberate all of mankind. And, I mean, they tried to find him to kill that little baby. If Herod had found that little baby... I mean, they're not going to kill him because the Bible said they weren't going to find him. Angel of God led Joseph from Bethlehem to not go back to Nazareth the way he went. And they went to Egypt and spent I don't know how many years in Egypt until Herod died. It wasn't going to happen. But had he got a hold of him, they would have mutilated that little child. Had he got a hold of him and known that that's who he was. But Jesus, our Savior, during that time, the miraculous child, all hell came against him to be stopped, but he arose in the midst of it, and that's the picture God wants us to have inside of us. No matter what comes against you, he wants to rise up in you and cause you to overcome any and every situation you face. Because the chosen one chose you to walk in his shoes and carry out his plan in the earth. That's who we are. We've been chosen by the chosen one to fulfill his plan in the earth. What a glorious thing. Can you say amen to that? So what sign can you give me to prove me that this is going to happen? Then Gabe got really ticked, right? It says, and Gabriel, I'm Gabriel. I stand beside God himself. (laughs) Whoa. He has sent me to announce to you this good news, but since you did not believe my words, you'll be stricken with with silence and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and a child is born to you. This is coming to pass. This is going to come to pass. Can you say amen? That will be your sign. (laughs) <laughs> You're wanting to sign? There's your sign, baby. Hmm? Would have been better for you to believe first, right? And I promise you, Zachariah believed from that moment on. Hmm? Some people wouldn't have, but he did. From that moment on, Zachariah believed. No questions. <laughs> from then on, there was no questions. <clears throat> um, meanwhile, the crowds outside kept expecting him to come out. They were amazed over Zachariah's delay, wondering what could have happened inside the sanctuary. When he finally did come out, he tried to talk, but he couldn't speak a word. And they realized from his gestures that he had seen a vision while in the holy place. He remained mute as he finished the days of priestly ministry in the temple and then went back to his own home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for the next five months. You know why he had faith? Because the only way that Elizabeth got pregnant is for them to work at it. Hmm? That's the only way he, he... She didn't get pregnant because the Holy Spirit came upon her. She got pregnant because this old 80-year-old man took the angel serious after he didn't take the angel serious. He was in fear and let fear grip him and rule him. And and listen, how many know you do some really stupid things when you're in fear? Impossibility for two 80-year-olds to have a child, but they did. I mean, you know, you, you can candy coat these stories, but these are stories from the Bible. This is what really happened. Amen? And what was impossible in the natural happened because faith finally got in operation. Notice, she wasn't pregnant that day because the angel came. She was pregnant because finally Zechariah did what needed to be done and she got pregnant. And you have to see that. If there's no actions to the Word of God and what has come to you, you don't put actions to that then faith isn't going to come on the scene and cause the natural to be changed by the supernatural. You'll just keep having what you have in the natural. I don't know about you, I don't want the natural. When stuff happens to me, stuff comes against me, situations come against my life, I want the supernatural to be able to overcome whatever I face. If you're looking for a life where there's no difficulty, then you're going to have to pray that you just die. There's no such thing, because there's a devil that's been defeated. He's been defeated, okay, but he works overtime convincing people that what he can create and cause you to see is more real than what God has promised. And as long as we're in this dispensation of time, he's released. But there'll be a day when he gets thrown in the pit, top gets put on it, huh? No more devil. Glory be to God. But. What's really good is when we trust God in the midst of the trials and the temptations and the, and, and, and the fiery ordeals, as the Scripture says, that go on in life, and we overcome even in the midst of it. It's one thing to overcome in heaven where there's no resistance. Another thing to overcome when you live in this life and trust God like you're living in heaven. That means not being moved by anything. I'm telling you what, my blinders are getting like this. All I'm looking at is him. Hmm. Social media is a good thing. I get on it, post stuff, you know, put things out there to minister to people so that people can know the things of God. But you got to scroll past all that other mess. Because man, you can get locked up in that and start thinking all kinds of things, and your mind drifts, and you get away from God. And oh man, not just social media, but anything. You have to stay focused on the things of God. I promise you, Zechariah, in all his years of praying, he got numb to that. You don't want to be numb to your praying. Thank God. You and I can pray in other tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost, and we can pray to build ourselves up in our most holy faith and create a, a, a believing system inside of us that will not get callous in our, in our life towards believing God. Because when you get callous like that, angels show up and you go, why should I believe you? I don't want to do that. But I really don't want to do that with God. Well, God, you promised this, but I haven't seen it come to pass. Well, at least it's not 4,000 years. Hmm? At least it's not 2,000 years. Like some of these other stories. At least it's not been 100 years in your life. Surely you can endure to the end of where you see manifestation. One of the great things about enduring with God to see promises come to pass is that you learn how to trust And you learn how not to be moved by what you see. Zachariah was moved by what he saw in terror. But I promise you, he went and did what was supposed to be done, and it produced what needed to be produced. I'll just tell you this. Had he not gone home and done what he needed to do at 80 years old or whatever he was, Elizabeth would have never gotten pregnant. Wow, but see, God can step in and do whatever God wants to do. No, no. It had to happen the way God said it had to happen. And there had to be somebody that had faith in there. He just had some days where he had gotten really weak and tired and things were monotonous in his life and going through the motions of praying for a child or whatever. And now here comes the answer. He wasn't ready because he didn't stay he didn't stay prayed up and, 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 and focused on what God had truly promised. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so, then it says, <clears throat> He remained mute as he finished the days of his priestly ministry in the temple. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for the next five months. With joy, she explained, see how kind it is of God to gaze upon me and take away the disgrace of my barrenness. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice! Beloved young woman, For the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this man, what this may mean for her. It says here that she was troubled. Would you be troubled if an angel came and told you that, especially at a young age like that, and said what he said? Would you be a little troubled just not, okay, okay, what what does this mean, right? Okay. No, no, notice the difference. So, so the angel goes and explains everything to her like he did uh, after he appeared to Zacharias. Now watch. <clears throat> he said, uh, "It says, um, But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear. Same kind of thing that he said to Zacharias. Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you, and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy. This is a 16-year-old girl being told this by an angel. Never being with a man. And you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as a child on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever forever. And his reign will have no limit. Now watch what Mary said, how it was difference, it was different in her response and Zacharias. But how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. is that, is that, a, uh, is that a legitimate response? Okay that's, a, that's legitimate. Well wait, I, I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. How could I? How could I have a child? Okay, Now watch her response after Gabriel answers her. Gabriel answered, The spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your aged aunt, Elizabeth, has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her, in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. This is the angel saying all this, okay? Now, think about the response after, after the 16-year-old girl has, has a legitimate response in questioning how could this be, Okay? And then this long response by the angel, Holy Spirit will overpower you, overshadow you, this will happen, that will happen. And, and And, you know, in most situations, if you got a word like what he just gave to her, <laughs> the next response is going to be like Uncle Zach. Right? You expect me to believe that? You, I'm 16-year-old, I'm a virgin, and you expect me to believe something's going to come over me and overshadow me and whatever, and that's going to happen. That would be most people's response. But what God's found in Mary is a young woman of faith. And the angel said, no promise from God, no promise from God will ever not be manifested. No promise from God will ever be cut short. No promise from God, the angel says. Nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded saying, yes. I will be a mother for the Lord. As His servant, I accept whatever He has for me. I don't understand it, but by faith I accept it. May everything you have told me come to pass and the angel left her. What we've seen in the last few weeks, in all of the stories that led up to that statement right there, that statement right there defeated the devil right there. It was, the totality of it had not totally come to pass, but that statement right there defeated the devil, and the devil didn't even know what had happened. And what happens in your and my life is, when we learn there's nothing wrong with questioning something in the form of, God, I'm not understanding that, please show me, versus You expect me to believe that? There's no way. No, we just read, God makes a way where there's no way. Nothing is impossible with God. No word from God will ever fail. And when we get built up and we get strong, our responses will continue to be like Mary. And, and as long as you keep the same type of responses that Zechariah made because you choose not to spend the time in God and in His Word to allow you to be built up and stay fresh, if you don't do those kind of things and you don't stay fresh in the things of God, then your responses will be like, Zach, you, you expect me to believe that? There's no way that's going to come to pass. And you'll hear yourself saying that over other people. You'll hear somebody come and say, Hey, would you pray with me that, that this thing happens in a supernatural way for, my, for my, you know, my, my child or my parent or my this or whatever it would be? I, I'm believing for supernatural things to happen in their lives. And, and I need you to agree with me. Do you know how... You know, the, the Bible says that if any two agree as touching anything that they ask, it'll be, it'll be done. If I come to Brian and I said, Brian, agree with me concerning this. You know how important it is for his faith to be strong? Yeah, it's good for one. But even that much more powerful when two come together like that. Any two agree as touching anything that they ask, it'll be done. You know how important it is for your faith to be built up, to be ready for other people? Yeah, for you, for yourself, for the people around you, but for other people. we got to get the Zach out of us and get the Mary in us. That's right. You understand? Mary had a life developed of faith in God, right? Her parents loved God. She was a faithful girl and at 16 years old to say, man, I'm not even really totally understanding what the heck you just said, but I know you're an angel of God. I know that. And no, you said no word from God will ever fail. No word. And nothing is impossible with God. And if God said it, then it's coming to pass. And she said, so be it. And when she said, so be it, it will all come to pass. I I don't know for a fact, but I think maybe she conceived right then. I don't know. But wherever she conceived, she conceived because of her faith in what God had promised. All the prophecy we read in the last three weeks, every time all the different prophets that said it was going to happen this way, there'd be a child. That child would come from a virgin. It was prophesied. This girl studied her word, and she knew that. And now, I'm that favored one? I'm the one that God's going to use to birth the child, to birth the head of the church into the earth? I'm the one? I take it. I don't know about you, but man, I think, I want to believe today that Angel would have got halfway through that, and I've already said yes inside of me. I'm believing today that kind of thing when God's asking me to do something that I'm not going to respond. You expect me, God, to believe that? That you're going to use me to do that? You're going to use me to do this thing or that thing or whatever? Yeah. God is and wants to do amazing, miraculous things in your life. Every day. See, amazing and miraculous doesn't have to be spectacular. Spectacular. The world's looking for spectacular. I want to be the next American idol. Right? Well, God wants you to be his idol. He, 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 wants, he, wants, he wants to be your idol. <laughs> he wants to be the one that you idolize and you focus on. And, and you, listen, when you humble yourself under his mighty hand, he exalts you, he'll make you. That American idol or whatever it is that you want to be. He'll make you that, but in his time it says. Because if you become the next American idol and you got no goods on the inside, that American idol platform will destroy you. But when he exalts you and you become the best at this and the best at that and the best at this thing and this, and you've accomplished this and this and this, it do not go to your head, then God can be glorified in what you do. You know why? Because you'll give him the credit. Right, when you've accomplished something and it came because of God, you always, people always give Him the credit, right? How, how many how many football players out there, basketball players in the NFL and the NBA? I mean, all the time, give glory to their mom and to the Lord, right? How many of them do that? They they give glory to their parents or whatever and what they've done, but they give glory to God. So many of them, and that, they don't care what other people think about it because they know I wouldn't be doing what I do without Him. That's what he's done for us. You've been chosen to be great. And great is you fulfilling what God wants you to fulfill in life. What a great day. What a great day to meditate on the faith of Mary and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I can accomplish what Mary did in even greater things because of him inside of me. He even said, the works that I did, you'll do an even greater works because I've gone to the Father. He said that. So what a glorious day. What an amazing day. Just put your hand on yourself. Just close your eyes for a moment. Just put your hand on yourself. And I want you to say this after me. Just Just a few words. I want you to say this after me. Jesus, the Chosen One, chose me to be great. As I walk in His footsteps, as I hear His voice, and as I do what He says, I can hear His voice and I can do what He says because I've been chosen. Amen? Amen. We've been chosen. So receive it today. You don't always have to feel like you're chosen. You just have to know you're chosen. It did not have to appear like you've been chosen. (laughs) You just have to know you're chosen. And we're grateful for it today. Can you say amen to that?